and welcome to a brand new episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bument, your host, saying Happy New Year, Happy 2024. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. I hope everybody had a great New Year's. And uh, it's 2024. We have new Doctor Who on television, on the, the small screen. We have new Doctor Who comics coming up. Free Comic Book Day is going to feature Titan Comics uh, debuting their version of uh, the 15th Doctor with a new story. So that's exciting to look forward to. And, twenty, you know, a new year is always a time to be very hopeful and very happy about things. And there's lots of stuff to be happy about in the world of Doctor Who and Doctor Who comic strips. Here's what we're going to go through in this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Uh, the holidays are always a busy time, not just for myself, but for, like, everybody. So uh, no interviews this time around. I'm just going to be doing a bunch of reviews. Uh, I'm We are going to take a look at Season's Greetings, which is the Doctor Who comic strip that was in Doctor Who magazine issue number 598. It was a really neat one, and the fact that we had a lot of double-page spreads of in this uh, story. So it was uh, something different, something special for Christmas, and uh, a fun comic strip. We will also take a look at Mancopolis Part 1, which is Doctor Who Magazine's uh, debut of the 15th Doctor in their uh, periodical. And we will see what Alan Barnes and Lee Sullivan and crew have in store for the 15th Doctor and Ruby Sunday. And then I'm going to do a bunch of uh, reviews, quick reviews about uh, not just comic book stuff, but... Uh, just Doctor Who stuff that has popped up over the past couple months that I just want to do quick chats about what I liked and what I didn't like about them. So that's pretty much it for this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I hope you enjoy what you're listening to. I hope you will recommend this podcast to friends, people who are into Doctor Who, people who are into comic books, and especially the people who are into both. If you are new to this podcast, uh, now is a perfect time for you to go through past episodes, whether it be on your podcast feed and uh, check them out. See, listen to some of the interviews I've done with various different Doctor Who creators um, over the past year, back in 2023 or even earlier than that. Or if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, make sure you go to archive.org and do a search for either my name, Jeremy B. Ment, or Doctor Who Panel to Panel, and you can find all the previous episodes of this podcast as easy to download or listen to MP3 files uh, that feature lots of interviews um, with various different creators, uh, lots of reviews, lots of good, useful information in there. So make sure you check those out. So enough of my chatting for this uh, intro to episode 174 of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Let us get into the news. Time to take a look at the latest comic book news in uh, the world of Doctor Who on this episode of Doctor Who Panel the Panel. The month of December is behind us, and we are into January of 2024, and this is the beginning of the month, so taking a look at uh, new upcoming releases, the only thing I have on my calendar is uh, the new issue of Doctor Who magazine, issue number 599, came out in the UK on newsstands as well as digitally, so make sure you pick that up. It's, once again, another great uh, issue. I don't know if it's the new editor kind of changing things up a bit or the fact that with Russell T. Davies now in charge, we have more of an open set and more uh, details and information coming out. But Doctor Who Magazine now just feels really fresh and new again ever since uh, the Chibnall era has ended. And there's tons of uh, really good interviews and articles in there. And uh, make sure you check it out. 
other Doctor Who comic related news to bring up. Um, the the world lost a wonderful artist, John M. Burns, who is kind of a British legend in the world of, of uh, comic books, passed away uh, not too long ago, over the past week or two. And in Doctor Who terms, he really didn't do all that much. For those of you who read the Colin Baker scripted Age of Chaos comic, um, originally that was going to be a four-issue miniseries, and John M. Burns was going to illustrate it. He drew the first issue or the first quarter of the story and uh, had to bow out either due to he had uh, another job come up that he had to do or he just fell behind schedule. I don't remember what. But Barry Mitchell took over drawing the rest of that story, but... If you read the first, uh, if you read the Age of Chaos, the first 20 pages or so are by John M. Burns, and his artwork is just really amazing. And if you do a Google search for his name, uh, you can see lots of other comics that he worked on over the years. Just an amazing artist from, from what I hear, just a wonderful gentleman, and he will be missed in the comic community. Some other quick uh, comic news uh, in, the, in for Doctor Who Comics. I wanted to mention that the Ten Doctors fan strip by uh, or is still going on on my website. It is uh, put out every Monday and Thursday, a page a day, and you can read the story of uh, the Tenth Doctor going all the way back to the First Doctor and his adventures. It's a really fun story, and uh, Rich Morris is a great guy who uh, created the strip, and it continues on on my website. So go to drucomics.com to check that out. Console Room is coming up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Minnesota's only Doctor Who con- or, uh, convention. Sylvester McCoy is the guest of honor this year. It is uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, January 12th, 13th, and 14th. I will be attending the convention. I am on several panels. And if you uh, see me, make sure you say hi and that you listen to the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. And last little bit of news I have on my list is on January 28th, Doctor Who Panel to Panel will be uh, marking its 10th anniversary. It'll be 10 years since I put out the very first episode of the podcast. And I, I want to say thank you, first of all, to everybody out there who has downloaded the podcast and listened. I also want to thank everybody, all the artists and writers and creators who I've chatted with over the past 10 years and had on my podcast. They have been more than gracious with their time chatting with me and talking about uh, what they have worked on, and it's been great, and I have no plans of stopping. I know I mentioned on the last episode that I'm going to cut back a little bit and only do one episode a month, but rest assured, I am not kind of resting on my laurels or taking it easy and just putting out a an, a simple episode. I'm hoping to put as much content into it every month as I possibly can. Lots of reviews, lots of interviews, everything you know or have come to know and expect from Doctor Who panel to panel will still be there. So please keep listening. Please keep recommending it to your friends. If you know people who are into comic books, into Doctor Who, and especially those people who are into both, make sure you recommend this podcast to them. Once again, I would appreciate it. And thank you very much for 10 years of listening to Doctor Who panel to panel. And that is it for the news. Let's jump into some reviews. It's time to open the Pandorica on a Doctor Who comic strip that came out recently. And this time around, we are going to take a look at the comic strip that was in the pages of Doctor Who magazine, issue number 598. 
there isn't it's kind of hard to tell the title from this because the only thing i'm i'm going to call it season's greetings because the very last panel it says season's greetings from and lists the creative team on the strip that's why i'm going to call it a season's greetings so this strip season's greetings is brought to you by our regular team of creators on doctor who magazine comic strip writing is by alan barnes art by lee sullivan coloring by james ofredi lettering by uh, Roger Langridge and Marcus Hearn is the editor and we're kind of in for a treat this time around because this is technically a 10 page comic strip but it is uh, five double page spreads and this strip apparently takes place when the 14th Doctor and Donna go off on their journeys. It's kind of a very simplistic story it's basically just kind of the Doctor and Donna jumping from place to place and time to time running into people and things. It starts out by going to uh, the skies above the Western Front in 1917, where they uh, dodge the Red Baron and end up discovering that there's a race of, Donna calls them the Squid Squad, and this UFO is what the Red Baron is kind of going after. Well, they were able to kind of get out of the way of all this, although one of the squids attaches itself to the top of the TARDIS and kind of goes along for the ride. In the second part, which is another two-page spread, uh, we then go to the Royal Geographical Society in 1878, where the Doctor and Donna are shown um, back in uh, 200,000 B.C., coming across a couple uh, cavemen doing battle, and they're able to startle the the aggressor of the caveman uh, and distract him so that the smaller, skinnier one kind of wins out. And then they leave off from there. You go into part three, which takes place during the the War of the Normans and the Saxons. Same sort of thing happens. They jump in just long enough to interfere, make their mark on this historical event, and move on. And then you get to the final part where the space squid actually comes into play and that's where this whole story kind of resolves it's not too much in way of a substance to me it's just kind of a fun uh, run of a story to fill a gap in there Um, not only does it fill a gap into what happens with the the doctor and donna when the tardis kind of goes haywire and kind of falls apart and it fills in some just little simple adventures kind of tying in with the uh, Galileo scene at the beginning of uh, The Wild Blue Yonder, which is where this story kind of leads into. So if you just watch the specials, you don't have to worry about it. But if you read the magazine, you get an extra little adventure with the Doctor and Donna. Not only does it do that, but it also kind of fills the gap that we kind of have where we have this issue of Doctor Who magazine. It's before Shudy Gatwa officially takes over as the 15th Doctor. So... I think they're kind of waiting for the Christmas special to come out, and then we'll have Shooty debut in DWM. So this kind of fills that space as well. So I thought it was a fun story. It kind of harkened back to some of the the old Doctor Who adventure stories uh, where you would get kind of a part of a story in the beginning of the magazine, and it's continued at the end. Uh, I thought it was kind of neat how this kind of jumped. You got a nice two-page spread, and it was continued on later on in the magazine, and further on so you kind of got a little break in the magazine as you went along uh to read the continuing adventure of this comic strip i thought it was kind of a nice change of pace instead of having it all in one shot so i enjoyed it it was a nice little christmas story kind of fun and uh 
Be sure and check it out in the new issue of DWM. Exterminate! It's time to open the Pandorica on the newest Doctor Who comic strip. And this time around, it is Mancopolis Part 1. This is the brand new comic strip that is in issue number 599 of Doctor Who magazine. And this strip is brought to you by the ongoing creative team of Alan Barnes doing the writing, Lee Sullivan doing the artwork, James O'Freddy with colors, Roger Langridge doing the lettering, and Marcus Hearn is the editor on this strip. And this strip gives us the debut of the 15th Doctor and Ruby Sunday in the pages of Doctor Who magazine. And this strip starts with Mayor Mulberry and her deputy mayor in uh, Manchester, England in the year 2424. Apparently things are kind of going sideways because the deputy tells her about how the interest on their debt is going through the roof, everything's collapsing, things are falling apart, and the mayor's kind of in a state of denial or not wanting people to know about it. So she uh, triggers a teleporter and teleports the deputy to a spot where there's a bunch of uh, really dark, black, fang-looking things that apparently are going to eat this guy alive. Then we jump to the doctor and Ruby, uh, who have just landed in Manchester. They have landed on a tram uh, line, or tram rails, and they almost get hit by a tram. But they luck out and uh, stop just in time. And then a group of uh, police or the the care force jump out to arrest them because they think that the Doctor and Ruby are tram raiders. But just as they're about to be arrested, all of a sudden this face pops up in a cloud above them who says, oh, I saw your unhappy faces. Make them uh, go away or pay the price. The Ruby questions this cloud and all of a sudden a little cloud appears over the Doctor and Ruby and it starts raining on them. And that's kind of where... The strip ends is kind of the intro to this story. As far as uh, my critique of this story, the story-wise, it's okay. It wasn't anything really special. I felt it was rather light. There's not a lot going on, and I'm kind of curious to see where the story goes. I had more of an issue with the art, unfortunately, with Lee Sullivan. It's kind of a <clears throat> story and art combined that I had an issue with, and I don't know if it's me being nitpicky, but... When this story starts out, when you have the deputy uh, going to the mayor and talking about these problems, he comes into the room, apparently out of the, the elevator or uh, and to talk to the mayor. And on page two of the strip, you see him standing not too far away from the mayor. He's about, looks like over halfway between the elevator doors, the lift doors, and the mayor. And when she realizes that he has ratted her out then she says the lift doors activate and the doors open and suddenly the the deputy is in the lift now my problem i guess is how does he get there would he if she says lift doors activate would he be so weak and naive to just go in there because that's where he needs to be for the teleport to activate because it's Visually, it shows him going, being teleported from inside the lift. Just the way this page lays, or the the continuity lays out, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I think it would have been better off if he would have been standing there and she just activated a teleporter without having him have to go into the lift. If 
you know, just like on Star Trek, you can teleport from anywhere. Um, that was one of the issues that I had. The other issue I had was when you get further along in the story, when the, the Doctor and Ruby land on the tram rails, um, when the, the tram comes and almost hits them, it's for me it was kind of hard visually to tell if the tram that comes and almost hits the TARDIS is the same vehicle that the uh, police or the, the care force come out of if that's the same vehicle or if they showed up after the to because the TARDIS has stopped on the tram line. When you look at the the second to last panel on uh, page five, that vehicle compared to the vehicle that you see on the first panel, page six, to me, it doesn't look the same. So I I have kind of an issue there and I don't really and if they're the same then uh, Lee Sullivan, I think, should have made them look a little bit more uh, similar. If they're different, then where did the tram go that almost hit the TARDIS? To me, it almost feels like now that we're this strip uh, is not part of continuity, we're back to the strip not being as important as like the liberation of the Daleks, where it's an actual continuation of the TV show that they're kind of cutting corners here and there, or maybe they just don't care as much. Um, I hope that's not the case. I don't think that's the case. But these are questions that I had going through the the reading of the strip. I'm not all that impressed with this strip. I'm not all that happy with this strip. But I will give them the benefit of the doubt because Alan Barnes and Lee Sullivan always put out good product. And I'm curious to see where the story goes. So there you have it. Kind of my lackluster review of Mancopolis Part 1. You will be with the holiday season upon us, or it was upon us, uh, everybody was really busy, myself included, which is why this episode is kind of a little later than what I had planned on releasing it. Um, but along those lines, myself, I was busy. Uh, a lot of creators are busy, so there's no interview this time around. So in lieu of an interview, I thought I would give you some quick reviews of things that I have watched or uh, read or purchased or gotten for Christmas gifts. Um, here's some quick reviews and kind of my take on things. We got lots of Doctor Who on TV. I've already done my review of the Star Beast, but I thought I would give a couple quick reviews for the the other remaining uh, episodes. Wild Blue Yonder, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, I wasn't expecting uh, a kind of a bottle episode featuring just the Doctor and Donna running around a big space station. However, I thought this episode was very creepy, very eerie, and it did a really good job of, of creating an atmosphere that, and a story, told a story that I thought was really well done. The Giggle, the last of the specials, once again, I thought it was really well done. I thought Neil Patrick Harris did just fine as the toy maker, from what I remember of listening to the audio of uh, the Celestial toy maker, I think he kind of captured that feel of the same the same character and put his own spin on it. I it was a little more humorous of an episode than I was expecting it to be and I definitely was not expecting that by generation. I'm kind of on two minds of that. I thought it functioned well for uh, the story. I thought it functioned well for having the the doctor being able to take all this angst and grief and uh, sadness that he has felt for a long, long time through the current series or current uh, new Doctor Who and kind of leave that behind and have 
the new doctor, the, the 15th doctor, go off on his way being nice and happy and carefree. And it was a good way to kind of split those two apart. So I thought it worked that way. As far as actually splitting them into two separate entities, I'm not that big a fan of it, but it is what it is. I'm I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'll go along with whatever they kind of stick into continuity, whatever they kind of work into the show. You know, I'm I'm fine with it. The Church on Ruby Road, the Christmas special. It was definitely a Christmas special. I thought the song and dance stuff in there was not really necessary, and I thought it kind of detracted from the overall story. However, it is a Christmas special. They always do things a little bit out of the ordinary in Christmas specials. So once again, if you throw it at me, chances are I'm going to be fine with it. It won't be my favorite, but I can I can deal with it. I thought the story itself was rather good, and it was an interesting way to look at luck and how um, you could how Russell T. Davies can see this as a concept that can work as something different than what everybody what you naturally think of of good luck and bad luck. I thought the goblins looked really neat. I am very happy with the fact that this current series, they're staying away from the CGI as much as they can and going back to having actual physical things that people can interact with. To me, it makes for better television. It makes for a better viewing experience for me. I thought Shudy Gatwa was great as as the Doctor. I'm looking forward to the new season to see what his uh, version of the Doctor is like and what he does with the character. So... There you go. I enjoyed all three of those specials. Well, actually, all four, if you include the Star Beast. Um, other things. Cybermen, the Ultimate Comic Strip Collection. I just got this not too long ago because it just came out over here in the States. It is a really hefty tomb of a book. It almost looks like something they could split into two volumes if they had so chosen. But And I haven't had a chance to actually dig in and, and read some of the stuff that is new to print with this collection, but I am definitely looking forward to it. I am a huge Cyberman fan. I'm looking forward to reading those backup strips that are at the beginning. And it's great to have all these classic Cyberman stories all in one spot. Uh, it's renewed my interest in Croton, the, the Cyberman with feelings. It's a beautiful book. It's amazing to look at. The cover is gorgeous. And I'm looking forward to doing some reviews out of there, reviewing some of those backup strips. Titan Comics put out a hardcover collection of the Doomsday story called A Doctor in the House. Um, and I've already done reviews of those two issues. I'm starting to kind of get a little disappointed with Titan and their collections. Um, I'm happy to see that they're doing hardcovers again and putting stuff out in hardcover because I think it looks really good. However, putting two comic book uh, issues into a hardcover and charging $17 for it is not worth it, in my opinion. Um, not only that, but with them having a, kind of a lapse for a little bit where they started doing just the soft cover or trade paperbacks of stuff that I think should have been put into a hardcover, like the uh, Seventh Doctor miniseries that Christopher Jones did. Um, I thought should have got the hardcover treatment. Not only does it, would it match up with the other miniseries that they did, but also would keep that uh, that look going on my bookshelf. But having a, a two-issue lackluster series like Doomsday, I don't think deserves the hardcover treatment. And I just for the sake of having it on my shelf, I bit the bullet and bought it. But um, if I was just a regular person that was a Doctor Who fan and 
saw this little skinny volume for $17, I probably would pass on it. So that's my review of that. It's not so much a review of the story, because I've already reviewed that, but it's a review of the, the item itself. One last thing I will do, be doing a review on, which I was hoping to do for this episode, is the new issue of Vorp Vorp magazine. Unfortunately, when my uh, issue of Vorp Vorp came in the mail, all I got was the packing envelope and no contents inside. Somebody had either opened up the envelope and taken the, the magazine and stuff out, or it just got opened during uh, the process of being shipped overseas and the magazine came out and all I got was an envelope. So uh, a new copy is on its way to me, hopefully even as I speak, and you will definitely be hearing a review of the new issue of Vorp Vorp magazine in the upcoming uh, issue or episode of Dr. Who Panel to Panel. So there you have it. There's a bunch of reviews, all nice and quick, in less than 10 minutes. So thank you. I know I say it all the time, but thank you very much for downloading this episode of Dr. Who Panel to Panel. This uh, podcast, almost 10 years ago, now started out as a labor of love. I am a big Dr. Who fan and a very big comic book fan, and... I noticed that there wasn't a, a podcast that combined the two, so I decided to take it upon myself to make this podcast and uh, reach out to people that worked on Doctor Who comics over the years and um, ask them to share their stories, but you know about their time working on Doctor Who, whether you know how they got into the show, how they got into writing or drawing, and uh, it's been great getting to know uh, a lot of these. Uh, people that have created Doctor Who comics over the years and some of them that I've grown rather uh, close to and I consider friends. And even those of you out there who listen to this podcast, even though I don't really know you or have never met you, um, I am I consider you friends too, friends of the podcast. Thank you for downloading the episodes and listening to them, uh, seeing the numbers come in and seeing that there is a small but dedicated crew that continue to listen to this podcast. Makes it worthwhile for me to keep on going and continuing on. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, enjoying Doctor Who comics and keeping this podcast going and keeping me going. And 2024, I am not slowing down. We are going to have more content. We have a new doctor to see his stories unfold in Doctor Who magazine and in the comics that will be coming from Titan Comics. So let's uh, really get jazzed up and excited about what's to come this year for Doctor Who comics. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to chatting with creators and I'm looking forward to having you listen. So enough of my blathering on. Until next time, we will talk to you later. This is Jeremy B. Ment saying bye. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you. Thank you.